that are concerned. I will tell you my son Justin is doing well. However, he made a strong mention uh, that correctional officers are putting their knee in people's necks. Incarcerated people. They're getting a knee in the neck. And I feel some kind of way about that. So we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But first, let's chime in with my friend and yours, Mr. K.O. Peace and grace, brother. Thank you for being here today. Peace, sister. It's a, it's a warm, warm experience and uh, uh, being able to be on your show. It's, uh, I'm honored. You know what I mean? I'm honored to be here finally. You know what I mean? Yes. I know it's been a long time. We've been trying to put this together. But uh, it's a blessing. I feel good this morning, feeling healthy, you know yes. what I mean? And um, this is just the start of my day. Yes. Better than a couple of Folgers. Being <laughs> in the presence of greatness, you know? Oh, thank you, brother. You're so kind. I'm so humbled by that. Uh, so um, there's a lot going on. But as an advocate, you and I are kind of almost in some of the same lanes. We believe in reform in the systems that have been created hundreds of years ago to destroy and depress our people. Tell me where you stand and where are you with your advocacy uh, right now. Tell us first a little bit about what you do in case there's anyone out there who doesn't know. Uh, let's refresh their memory and then tell us what you're doing. What are, what's going on now? Well, right now I'm actually... Uh I am a, a health navigator with the CIT, which is the Community Intervention Team. We work out of the Center for Structural Equity, new building on Tattnall Street, 801 Tattnall, um, over uh, near town. Um, we just do, you know, we do youth youth, youth development. We do uh, positive positive things. Uh, we do a uh, street street like a street park thing with the University of Delaware. We got partnerships with them as well. Right now, we're actually doing a project that's called uh, Got the Hammer on Me. So, got the hammer on me is, you know, it's uh, it's, the, it's it's the gun, you know what I mean. So we're interviewing 150 uh, 16 to 24 year olds. It's actually in five different cities right now. So it started here in Delaware, out of the Street Park Project with Dr. Payne from University of Delaware. So we're in partnership right him right with him right now as we speak, trying to get to that goal of 100 interviewing 150 young men about the gun violence that they're experiencing, the trauma, and everything else that involves the guns and. and why we're using guns and why we're so happily, or no, not say happily, but freely, uh, uh, you know, killing each other, you know what I mean, out here in these streets. So, um, yeah, so we're doing that project, but, you know, my after the daytime job, look, is the CIT thing, you know what I mean, we're big on that. We report to the crime scenes, try to meet up with the families that, you know, the victims and see if they want to change their lives. We have job opportunities for them. We try to reach out to different organizations and businesses to get them work and see if they really want to, you know, redirect their, their lifestyle, you know what I mean? We give them that opportunity, you know what I mean? We used to have a contract with, with, with uh, Christiana Care, but we're still working on that. They got some guys down there, but we're trying to work on that, getting down there and talk to the victims, you know what I mean, um, before they think about retaliating and stuff like that. You know, I think that's, um, that's powerful work that you're doing, and obviously it brings to mind an interview with a brother that I had not, not too long ago on the show, uh, a brother, John Muhammad, who was working with an organization called Gang. And it's all about um, just trying to jump right in and save the young people. And so, are, do you feel that, I mean, I'm very familiar with CIT and, and, and all of the folks over there. Do you feel like it's being effective? Are you reaching 
the young people? Like, is it happening? Is it working? Yes, I, I really believe it is being effective. You know, if we can save one, if we can keep one off the streets, you know what I mean, we, we're winning. But, of course, you know, the strength is always in numbers. So if we can get a multitude of these youth to wake up and understand, you know, that they are our future. And that's our goal. It's legacy time. So we're, we're big on getting them in the building. we got a safe haven for them. Small space, but... You know what I mean? It's very productive in there. Big hearts. A lot of stuff going on in there. And we got a nice amount of kids, man. We got like 40 to 50 kids right now. You know what I mean? Starting off, we know we fresh, fresh program, but males and females. And they also get a paycheck. Come to nice. Yeah, so. And you already have 50. That's really yeah. very good. Yeah. So, I mean, that's one third of your goal. You just, you got, you need a hundred more. So... Um, if somebody wanted to help and, and, and maybe even give them a job, some, a potential employer, how would people get in touch to say, hey, I want to contribute to your organization. I want to, I want to see you be successful. Mm, there's a website with uh, for, um, the Center for Structural Equity that just was put up. Um, also, CIT, we are on Facebook, CIT, our Community Intervention Team. And uh, they can reach out to me. Uh, Daryl Chambers, Wolfie, uh, any one of us. My number is 302-377-5494. That's my new number. Okay. But, um, yeah, feel free to reach out to me. My phone's always open. You know, um, if you want to volunteer, you want to come in and help out, it's all about connecting the dots. I'm, I'm, we're big on that. You know what yes. I mean? Because you, know, you, you believe in that. Believe, we don't believe in none of that. It's enjoying the good and forbidding the evil. So okay. you can't put no title on that. Absolutely that not. Yeah. I would love to see organizations such as yours and, and Brother John Muhammad and uh, there's, a, there's a few more out there. Uh, you know, other organizations, you know, Richard Raw, mm -hmm. you know, these people who are really serious about working with young people. I would love to see some sort of a... Um, maybe a community collaboration on, on a particular project. When it comes to saving the lives of our young people, this is not a time to be separate, uh, but equal. It's a time to collaborate, join, partnership, and, and let's, let's, let's bring some solution to this. Because one thing I do believe, and I believed it before he said it, but now I'm, I'm a firm believer, and perhaps you believe as well, uh, when it comes to our young people and the way they're dropping like flies, mm -hmm. it's going to take all of us. Yes, all hands on deck. All hands, all hands on, on deck. deck. I believe that. So, you know, all of this reflects on my day job. So my day job, I work at uh, Warner Elementary. So I'm a behavior counselor at Warner Elementary now. Got my own classroom. So I deal solely with the behaviors of the children, you know what I mean? And I'm able to see that trauma, you know what I mean? That those things they're going through with those babies, you know what I mean? So now, Warner, what age is that? That's uh, third, fourth, and fifth graders. Okay, you know so, I mean? so so we're looking at what's that? Ten, yeah, nine, yeah, ten. Yep, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, and then going on to middle school, you know right? I mean? Fifth graders. So yes. From fifth, they go. You know, sixth grade is middle school now. Right. So I'm able to reach those kids, man, and try to breathe on them, and you know what I mean? And our principal, Dr. Newton. You know, we're doing some things over Warner, you know what I mean? It all has the same direct effect on what's going on after work. We're mm -hmm. working in the community because they got big brothers, their yes. aunts, their mothers. It's all the connection, you know what I mean? We have yeah. to understand that, you know what I mean, dealing with you know, that population. I, I, I love the fact that Warner are, and other schools are on board with this, recognizing finally that there is a real problem. Mm -hmm. There's a problem. And, and it is going to take all hands on deck. So mm -hmm. I, I applaud Warner and, uh, you know, the, the leadership there for, for chiming in on this issue. And so um, in some of the, I guess, their classes or maybe their one-on-one -on -one 
conversations like how are you reaching these traumatized even at that young age they're traumatized uh, maybe dad is in prison mm -hmm. and so mom and grandmom or, or auntie are at the house raising them or big brother and big sister that's traumatizing yeah. to a seven eight nine ten year old child yeah, it is. like how are you how are you facing the helping them to face those issues well i come i come at them you know you, you know a lot of a lot of times you got to break down that wall of trust you know what i mean um, me myself i use four etiquettes it's called love care concern and understanding and the biggest piece to it all is understanding you know what i mean first we got to come like that you can't come wagging the finger blaming, you know what I mean, as we see a lot of people do, you know, we always talk about it starts at home, okay, what about the dysfunctional households, you know what I mean, single parent households, mothers on drugs, you know what I mean, we can't always say it starts at home because every home is not perfect. You exactly, I mean? but I think that's what we are saying by saying it starts at home because mother is the first teacher. Yeah. And so if mom is hooked up on drugs, dad is incarcerated or running the streets, big brother is trying to bring some cash in the house, but he's not working a mm -hmm. paycheck job. You know, all of these things, the little seven, eight, nine, ten year olds, they look and most likely of everyone, mm -hmm. they're looking at big brother and big sister as their Right. You know, that's who they're really looking up to, big brother, big sister. And whatever it is that big brother and big sister may be out there in the streets doing isn't always the right way to go about ac accomplishing your goals. Right. So they're traumatized. Mm -hmm. But you can't go into these people's houses and make mom get off drugs, mm -hmm. make them release dad from prison and get, you know... It but takes but what do you do? It's steps. You know what I mean? You breathe on them. You know what I mean? You show them that you care about them. You know what I mean? Like I told you those four. And all of it falls in line. Like the caring piece. You got to show them you care. You know, a lot of them don't know what care looks like. You know what I mean? Outside of the household, you know, they got the hard care at home. When they come to schools or out in the community, it's a different approach. You got to understand them. You got to breathe on them. And let them know, hey, man, I'm here for you. And you got to show them. We from the show me state. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they don't believe in all that talking. You know what I mean? So... It's about voice and action, you know what I mean? So having the action. So that's what I've been doing. I've been having a, having the opportunity to have a good heart and showing them that I've got a good heart by showing them and, you know, trying to give them things, not ten, not material stuff, you know what I mean? Just breathing on them, listening to them. You know what I mean? Sometimes I get them and just listen, you know what I mean? Don't say nothing, just, let, just listen. And a lot of them, you'll, you'll, you'll understand a lot of the stuff, trauma that they're going through, you know what I mean? And then just the, the area code that they live in, you can pay attention, you know what I mean? Because, you know, we get the reports on a lot of the shootings hot spot so we understand that yeah that child probably heard those gunshots last night not understanding what really happened you know what i mean that's they heard mom on the phone gossiping about it but they bring that to the school and you know what i mean like that's 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 a build-up, and that's a lot on a child. You know what I mean? It's and they're, and they, they, like you say, it's a build-up. Yeah. And then the next day they go to school, and for those that haven't been directed in the right direction, they may think that that's, that's the way it's supposed to mm -hmm. be. Yeah, it's not a norm, and that's one of the things CIT we're big on, changing community norms. You know what I mean? Changing the norm that they see the gunshots, the, the teddy bears after every shooting, and they coming out, they holding hands and marching and praying. When it happens, see that's why you know when we talk about it takes a village. I mean, you got to be involved. Not saying you got to spend all your time in the community, but you got to show that hey man, together we can unite some things and get some stuff done that can redirect the mindset of our people. You know what I mean? Moving forward, because uh, those kids don't have to have to walk a mile in my shoes. I've been through a lot. 
know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I want to I want to get into that now. So one of the things that you do, and I think care is absolutely you got to show them that you care. And kids have like bullshitometers on them, mm -hmm. so they know if you're if you're full of crap mm -hmm. or if you're telling them the truth and you really genuinely do care. Um, but you personally can relate to many of the children because of your personal experiences in your life. Yes. Uh, can you share some of those experiences with us yeah. and why you can relate to them? Well, you know, I had a, a pretty much, you know, I had a single parent household. My mother, she had me when she was 15, you know what I mean? She raised me solo, with, you know, with a lot of the females in the family. But I went to the streets at an early age, you know what I mean? Earned the nickname KO, that's why they call me KO. I used to knock jokers out when I was in the streets, you know what I mean? Um, not proud of that, but that was me, you know what I mean? Went, ended up in the prison system at an early age, do some shoot. I did a shooting. I went to, went to prison early, went to fair school when I was young for shooting a guy. Then after that, it was like I was institutional. Like, my whole life, I, was, I spent all together, I spent 23 years of my life in prison, in and out of prison. This last time, I did 16 years and eight months, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, so... Came home. I've been home six years now. You know what I mean. Came home, man. I said, hey, man. My daughter was born while I was in. Came home. She was a, a senior in high school. You know what I mean. Right now, she's third year in college. I'm proud of her. You know what I mean. Virginia yeah, State HBCU. Yeah. You know what I mean. So yeah. So um, you know, just opportunities came came before me coming home this time, as opposed to coming home to a gun, a package of cocaine or any type of drugs to get on my feet. That what it used to be. Now it was opportunities. Brothers had jobs, you know what I mean? Opportunity to get in the school system. So I worked my way through, worked, started with the smaller jobs, worked my way up. Now I'm in the school, so I'm in Red Clay School District, you know what I mean? So they can't tell me that it can't happen, you know what I mean? You just gotta, it's the people, and you just gotta believe in yourself, you know what I mean? Was it was there a certain point, um, now I feel crazy about calling you KO because I'm calling you knockout. <laughs> But was there a, a certain point, like a defining moment that you can pinpoint or name where it just like bells went off, like boom, dropped the mic and you knew that you were going to change, mm -hmm. that no matter how much coke someone might hand you or guns or whatever, you, you had made a decision. Was there a defining moment yeah. for you in that? Actually, it happened while I was incarcerated, you know what I mean? Um, doing multiple groups, you know what I mean? Being in leadership positions down there, talking to different dealing with different personalities and the older guys down there who really like dropped some jewels on me and a couple of brothers that you see out here now like Coley and other brothers that are in good position Marlo you know what I mean we was around some good older guys now Smyrna and they you know and, and they identified some stuff helped us identify some stuff and identify ourselves you know what I mean so yeah there was a turning point um, I say in like 2010 yeah 2010 before my release in 2016 got it together I realized that my daughter, you know what I mean, I had to get in her life and be out there and do the right things. If not, I would probably be dead or in prison for the rest of my life. So I chose to change, you know what I mean? I came out here, I turned KO into OK, you know what I mean? Can I call you that? You can call you, we're publicly <laughs> saying that now for the whole world is going to yeah. know I can call you OK. okay yeah. All yes, right. Yes. <laughs> there yeah. it is. Yeah, so that's, that's the main thing. I came home and I just stuck to it. Got around some guys that were doing things, pretty much laid the blueprint. Get on board with this. This is what's going on. It's already was in me to help people. You know what I mean? I got a pure heart. 
And I just wanted to see change. Then I was down surrounded, really going through it because I was reading the articles. Murder Town USA. I mean, the list goes on. And I'm like, what is going on in my city? You know what I mean? First, I wasn't even going to come back. It was so, I'm like, man, I think I might want to start in Dover somewhere. <laughs> working my way back to the city. But I was like, hey, man, I, I ain't never ran from nothing. You know what I mean? So I need to go up here and see what's going on, man, get involved. So that's what I've been doing, trying to be involved. You know what I mean? Not perfect, but... You know, just being involved, I'm trying to make a difference, you know what I mean? And I see it's, 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 it's coming along, you know what I mean? We just need to, I've been speaking in that connected dots thing for years since I came home, you know what I mean? And for some reason, it's a lot of egos involved, so it, it keeps us divided, you know? But we need to come together in our community. It's a small community. There's no way that it should be like this, you know what I mean? But you know, Delaware is, is like the second smallest state mm -hmm. in the entire United States mm -hmm. of America, and yet... It is financially, economically, one of the most powerful states mm -hmm. of all of the Union states. Um, and so I want to I want to shift gears a little, and I do want to talk about the fact that Delaware has one of the highest levels of incarceration population in the entire America, and America has the largest incarceration population in the world. So um, I spoke today, this morning, to my son. Very happy to see him. He looks wonderful, bright, smiled. Uh, you know, I just love him to pieces. But he shared with me that the guards... The correctional officers at the prisons are putting their knee in people's necks. Mm. What is what does that mean? Uh, he wouldn't, you know, he didn't go too far down that rabbit hole with me. Just said that much. Mm -hmm. And so, what does that mean? Because I feel some kind of way, and I'm ready to protest. Yes, I mean that means that there has to be action. You know what I mean? Like we can't can't tolerate that. that you know, you know that happened a few years ago when the Floyd stuff went on. That's pretty, you know around that time is so how we met. Having going down to Toronto marching outside saying, "Hey man, y'all can't do what y'all doing," but you gotta we gotta show up as a people and, and show that we care because they looking at it. They look outside and see five white people that ain't even related to our folks out there. Pre you know what I mean? Picking it for us, and we got thousand. This is Smyrna holds like two thousand people. Smyrna yeah. has 2,500 yeah. uh, incarcerated people in, inside the walls. Yeah, we can't get a good hundred of our people who really care about our people. You know what I mean? And a lot of it, you know, I've been going through it for years with that that piece. You know what I mean? Even being incarcerated and seeing the guys getting on the phone talking to their family but worrying about the wrong stuff. Like, you tell your family I need money for snacks and all that type stuff. But tell them about what's going on. You know what I mean? This is the stuff, that, the opportunity to do that. And a lot of guys don't do that. And a lot of our people... You know, they think that they're good. They're all right. They get mixed messages. You know what I'm saying? Mixed no, messages. see, I make sure that I have those in-depth conversations with Justin, and, and rarely do I actually put them on Facebook. Today's conversation, I put it on Facebook, always with his permission first, uh, because he had a message. Mm -hmm. He had a message, and uh, he said, yes, Mom, I will speak out. And, and it takes courage yes. to speak out and say that the guards, the correctional officers, are putting their knee in people's necks. Like, you know, that automatically makes us tense mm -hmm. because we don't know what the correctional officers may attempt to do now uh, in retaliation to my son mm -hmm. just for speaking up. So before they get to him, <laughs> you know, or anyone else in there, I do want to protest. And it's something I rarely do. Rarely do I get out there shouting and hooping and hollering. 
But this is something I'm passionate about, K.O. Yeah. And if I have to stand there by myself with a, a flag, mm -hmm. I certainly will do that. Mm -hmm. A picket sign. Yeah, I really yeah, will. I <laughs> she got my support. You know what I mean? We can get together and coordinate something and get, you know, put some some fire on them and actually make some phone calls. You know, yes. You got Tizzy and all. I'm down that way now. So, you know what I mean? I heard Brother Muhammad talking about everybody refers to Dover. But, you know, we got some people down there that can really make some moves. I, I attest to it because I went down there and testified in front of the legislation hall and they actually got on top of some things. And, it might, you know, however we got to do it, we got to make it happen and make sure our people are protected and they get the same, you know what I mean, rights that anybody else get. You know what I mean? They keep talking about their prisoners, this, that, no, no, that they're human beings. You know what I mean? And we won't sit back and allow none of them to keep doing what they're doing. It's over. they got to be an oversight. And see, Delaware is big on that. They'll get in the newspaper, talk about all the things they're doing wrong, the poverty, oppression. Yeah, we did this messed up, and but nobody's following up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we got to keep pushing to, you know, to let them know that, hey, we're here. We're not going nowhere. Not all, you know, all, like you say, make some intelligent noise. Yes. we got to be intelligent on how we move. You know what I mean? Yes. Raising hell. We can't lose no more you know, our people out on this battlefield. We're losing enough. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Like like Trump told his people, stand down and stand by. This is the message we trying to tell these young guys. Like, stand down and stand by. You guys are our future. We, I'm getting older. I can't be on the battlefield for the next 20 years. You know what I mean? So, right. We're going to need you guys, man. You know what I mean? Get yeah. online. You know what I mean? Sharpen your tools. This is what we're doing. Sharpen iron sharpens yeah, iron. Yeah. So we, the old, old fogey advocates and yeah. activists, we've got to teach the young people the right way yeah. to advocate. And as much as I, you know, uh, I comprehend and I understand the passion behind getting out there in the street, I don't, I totally get it. I know that the real change takes place with a piece of paper and an ink pen. Yes. Uh, uh, on a table, at a table. Yes. It has to. It all has to. Re it really comes down to what happens at the table. So that's that's very very important. But I'll tell you, in going back to your experience, which you know wasn't that long ago, but it was enough time ago. Mm -hmm. uh, do you remember how the correctional officers behaved then? Have they improved at all? Just yeah. even a little bit. Um, <laughs> From what I'm hearing, it's 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 it's, it's kind of worse than what it was to a certain extent because they keep moving different people out. Like you know, the warden's gone. She's gone. they had different wardens. The commissioner's gone now, so they've been switching it up with a lot. But the guys saying it's still it's still stagnant down there. You know what I mean? So I talk to the guys all the time. You know what I mean? They call me and stuff like that. But when I was down there, we called them POs, problem officers. You know what I mean? So yeah. So and I wrote up a nice piece called "The Quality of Life" um, before I left and sent it to everybody. You know what I mean? Before because I, I left right before Floyd was murdered down there. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. And um, yeah, so they they you know they pretty much man uh, they talk about the lapse in uh, uh, people working and things like that. They didn't have enough guards and all that. It wasn't that. It was the the dot the the ruling with an iron fist mentality for no reason. Because Smyrna is a docile prison compared to all the other prisons across the country. You know what I mean? The, only, the most you might have is an uproar fight or something like that. But they use that and then use the change the language and call it threatening and behave. And you know when people see that they like, oh, these guys are dangerous. So they was able to build a shoe program, spend all that money and all that, and and, 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 and it really was no need because the guys down there were open for change. I was down there. You know what I mean? So we were open. For some things to come in, they didn't take advantage of it. Vocational training, proper education, good programming—they didn't take advantage. With all this money, you would think they would, 
but they didn't have an interest in it. You know what I mean? And that's one of the things that my son said today. He was under the impression, I won't go too far with it, but he was under the impression that the federal government had allotted uh, certain funds and financial uh, assistance for rehabilitation, vocational training, educational uh, you know, training. I remember when Governor John Carney put me on the uh, DCRC with the Board of Education. Mm -hmm. And so I worked with them uh, advocating for better education programs, get them in there. And they were able to implement some, mm -hmm. and some just fell by the wayside, again, because of that dirty word called funding. Mm -hmm. I don't like that word when I know that the federal government has appropriated funds for rehabilitation. Right. Right. Yeah. So. So no, where's the money going? That's what I'm trying to figure out. There's no oversight. They just moving pieces. They like moving pieces on the chessboard. Different individuals getting different jobs. They moving them out of here, moving them out. And it, you know, I mean, I guess that's where the money going for real. They pay their their salaries or whatever. And it's unfortunate. That's why we have to have an oversight of these people. We gotta have. You know, what I mean, that's why when we come together. You know I mean, I'm starting. I'm starting a union. It's called the the Home Teamsters RCU. So Home Teamsters RCU is the Returning Citizens Union. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, so this is going to be statewide. I'm working on that now. I'm putting it out there. I already been sending because I'm recruiting. I'm in the recruiting stages right now. I've been getting calls all weekend, too. Oh, you're going to get a lot of calls after today on your phone call, on your phone number. Yeah, so, you put your phone number so out there. statewide. Yeah. From Selbyville, Delaware to Claymont, Delaware. And everywhere in between, guys who were incarcerated, females as well, formerly incarcerated people, trying to create a platform, and I call it a voice in action. You heard me mention that earlier. Yes. A voice in action. You know what I mean? So it ain't no just we talking about stuff. We're going to have some action and reactions that are going to be positive conducive and constructive for our people growth and development moving forward so. you make sure I want to invite you to come back and talk about that as we get that up and moving and I say we only and I support yes. you in that uh, but please I want to invite you to come back and talk and tell us more about that as it grows Absolutely. and begins to progress um, so if there was by any chance a parent who may be listening right now at WHG 95.3 FM, if there's a parent out there listening saying, I feel you okay, I feel you knockout, you know, but what do I do? I've got a 15-year-old home, I can't I can't make him stay home, he, he goes out, he doesn't come in till 4 in the morning, you know, that whole scenario. Tell a parent, give them some, some hope, say something to a parent. Um, I would tell that parent to, uh, you know, utilize your resources. If you don't have no resources, this is why stuff like this happens. Things like this happen for a reason. You know, I gave my number out. Um, you know, there's all there, there's, a, there's a multitude of different organizations throughout the city. Get me, don't get me wrong. But, you know, a lot of our parents, you know, they, they some for some reason they don't want to reach out. You know what I mean? They don't trust. And it's a trust thing. But we have to take that leap of faith, you know what I mean, and believe, man, that, you know, all things happen for a reason. And we have to put our kids in a position to win, you know what I mean? If we sit back and second guess and, you know what I mean, procrastinate, you know, learning the hard way these days is detrimental. It's either you're going to the boneyard, which is the graveyard, 
And then, or you're going back to prison or in prison, your child might be in the system, period. And you know what I mean? That's a lifelong thing. I didn't plan on spending half of my life in prison, you know what I mean? But I made some poor choices, and I, you know, but we don't want our kids to walk a mile in the shoes that KO walked in. This is why we're here, just to try to cut that, that umbilical cord of, uh, uh, you know, systemic, systemic stuff. Yeah. From the school yard to the prison yard and yeah. all that type stuff, you know what I mean? We're trying to break that cycle, but we have to work together. Parents don't feel like you're out here alone. You got some grown men out here that's willing to help at, with, with no cost. We don't want nothing out your pockets. You know what I mean? No ulterior motive, no hidden agendas. We are real, and we really want your child to be successful. So get with the guys that are out here. You got some good guys out here. You just got to get out the room and get out the house and move around, go on social media. You know what I mean? And Google some stuff, man. You got some men in the city that's doing some things. It's just, you know, we're we're having our little behind the scenes battles with coming together, but we're going. It's coming. Richard Raw, all those guys, those are good guys. We all got yes. good relationships. Yes. You know what I mean? John Muhammad, that's my, my, my you know, my brother. You know what I mean? But we just gotta get it, get everybody on board, man. It's some good guys doing some things. And 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 forget about who's gonna get the funding because that's just yeah. another way to divide and conquer our people. Uh, forget about who's gonna get the federal grant money to run their program. How about put that to the side and all of these male organizations, lions, as Brother John Muhammad called them, and I love that. They're lions. Mm -hmm. Send them out there to get our cubs. From, from killing each other, you know, like, like go get them. Yeah. To, and our returning citizens, give them a job. Give them an opportunity to give back. What you're doing now, after spending in totality uh, 23 years incarceration in and out of the prison, you're now giving back. You're making a difference and being impactful based on what you had to learn. And you're trying to save other people's lives, other people's children's lives, mm -hmm. you know. Um, let other returning citizens do that as well. Like, we need to pull them in. So I love that. Uh, returning Citizens Union. Mm -hmm. I love that. If you are a returning citizen or you have a, you're the family member of a returning citizen, a returning citizen is simply someone who's been incarcerated and now they're back out, they're home. And if you know someone Please send them to this brother or brother John Muhammad. Send them to us. Call the station. Do what you got to do. Get in touch. Reach out and do not be embarrassed. Do not let your ego make you feel embarrassed to reach out for help. We all need help. Yes, we do. Help us help you. Yes. One of our biggest thing. Help us help you. Yeah, I mean, we helping each other. Yeah, I mean, they helping me with my personal group. Once you, you know, what I mean, meeting people. I'm I'm used to I'm used to dealing with so many different personalities. Like you know, what I mean that's why you know what I mean I got I got that social capital. Remember I was telling you when you text me, that social capital means the way you can't put no dollar amount on that. You know what I mean when you got it, you got it. People like you, you got good conversation. You're not judging them. You, you know you understand it. Now I mean that's the key. Like in Delaware, this is what keeps us divided because a lot of these people don't want to hold themselves accountable to what's going on. We want to look around and blame everybody else. But we got to hold ourselves accountable first. You know what I mean? Okay, bam, I played a part in some of this stuff. Man, we got to get this right. Even you if the part you played was simply you weren't there. Yeah, because we, we understand that it's structural. We understand the structural violence, which is, you know what I mean, the inequity that's going on overall. But down here, man, on our level of things, we got to, you know what I mean, redirect our mindsets, you know what I mean, come out of that mental, physical, and spiritual darkness. Shed some light on some things so people can grow. We need to grow together, though. We can't do it without being cohesive. You know what I mean? I'm a firm believer of that. You know what I mean? So.
I don't like moving by myself. I know that's right. I know that's right. I mean, it's not that you can't move by yourself, but it's be it's better together. I think it's it's better together with like-minded people, uh, comrades, your comrade in arms. And so I wanna I wanna again shift gears and say it is my personal opinion, and and you chime in on this. It's my personal opinion uh, that a lot of the young people in America who are shooting each other and causing the havoc in the street because they come from a different background socially mm -hmm. than perhaps their white counterparts. You know, our white children during the entire COVID quarantine lockdown, you know, they had playstations and games and outdoor trampolines and uh, they could play soccer and they had all of these uh, venues of entertainment. In many of the children that are killing each other, our black, brown, and golden communities, they didn't have those that, that luxury of entertainment. Mm -hmm. And so being in quarantine, much like being in prison, mm -hmm. lockdown, it exacerbated what was already traumatic mental health or emotional health issues. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that and could you talk about that? Yes, I agree wholeheartedly with that. Uh, yes, it was an emotional stamp and it's still going on. That's what that's why in this country right now. I'm gonna say the homicide rate is like countrywide. It's like almost thirty thousand homicides, unfortunately. You know what I mean? So you, you know we had the numbers like a couple months ago it was twenty thousand. So in a couple months it's been almost reached another ten thousand. So, um, but yeah. So like to your point, uh, yeah, that that trauma is real. Uh, our children, they they can't identify. Of course, they can't identify with it. But it is because they're sitting in, in, in that, those spaces and they're, they're not able to, you know, function as children. You know, what I mean, anytime you take them out of that that, that that natural form of functioning, it becomes unnormal and abnormal conditions. You know, what I mean, and it starts messing with the psyche. You know, what I mean, um, and we're going through it right now with this in the school system. We've got those kids who weren't in school for so long, and now they're coming back to school. So we gotta, you know, what I mean, redirect and try to, you know, what I mean, work with them and understand that you know they, they're not used to school. They don't lost that that, that that spirit of going to school, you know what I mean, being on, someone wasn't even online though, unfortunately, you know what I mean, their parents wasn't being responsible enough to keep them, you know what I mean, a lot of kids, attention span don't go that long to be yes. online, unless right. it's a video game or something right. like that, right. that's, you know, entertaining, but yeah, so yeah, we're dealing with a lot of trauma in our communities. Yeah, I mean, with the adults and the children, you know what I mean? And yes, adults and the children are feeling the trauma. It's it's not just the kids. It's not just the kids, but the trauma is real. It's real. I go through trauma, you know, coming home. I've been to so many funerals, you know what I mean? I had to put put the brakes on the funerals, you know what I mean? Because I understood that that's, you know, that self-care is important when you're dealing in this type of arena of dealing with all this, you know, this violence and you know, something I wasn't used to. I mean, back in the day, it was a little sporadic shootings and fights, and but now it's like, yo, they just cold gutted. You know what I mean? A good friend of mine just was murdered the other day in Riverside. You know what I mean? I think yeah. some of that, and I could be wrong. I come up in a generation where you know you you knock the cap off my shoulder, and uh, and then we would fight a little bit, and then like later in the day we would be mm -hmm. friends again. Mm -hmm. Like that's the generation I came up in, which I'm telling my age, you yeah. know. But uh, you know, I double dog dare you to knock the cap off yeah. my shoulder, right? And then if you did it, uh, you know, then we would fight and and squabble, and then a couple hours later it was all over. Now I think these young kids when I look at them first they look malnourished that's the first thing I want to say um, 
They just look like string beans. They're so thin and, and frail, like skeletons with a little bit of meat and bone. I, I just, it's, it's crazy. They can't take a punch. They're afraid to take a punch. And so they're pulling guns because that makes sense. And they're afraid to fight. They literally can't fight. Yeah. Yeah. Until they get into prison where they take all the guns away, now you gotta hold your deuces. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And show the world what you're really made out of. A lot of misplaced anger. A lot of misplaced anger. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, you know, you know, and they call it black on black. You know, they put titles on all this stuff. This is stuff that that bothers me when I look at the media and how they, you know what I mean? Like they really don't know. You know what I mean? That's why one of the main reasons we're doing this part project, man, to let people know what. What's going on with the kids, with these guys? They're not just shooting just to be shooting. There's some stuff going on in their lives that caused this. You know what I mean? We already know it's the poverty oppression levels of it. You know what I mean? But then there's no outlets. Like, they're taking the community centers. You know what I mean? Like, the thing, Dr. Umar, I'm hoping that happens. Yes. Uh, you, know, it's, you know, that's like a two-year thing. He's been working on that for like two and some years. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? Yes. I'm, 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 Welcome that, you know what I mean? We need that, like our boys clubs. Are and we rally to support him on that. Yeah. Because building that school, getting that school started, is just the beginning to yeah. getting <clears throat> something else done. Yeah. Which is why the certain powers that be mm -hmm. will try to stop him. Because why would, why would white America, the crazy ones, I'm not talking about our good brothers and sisters who are fairer skinned than us. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about straight up white crazy people mm -hmm. who have tried to kill us and destroy us all of our lives, a genocide, mm -hmm. why would they ever give us anything that's good or prosperous or that's going to help us? I mean, what do we need? Uh, the Indians, when, 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 the, when the English and the people were here, they gave the Indians blankets full of chicken pox to kill them. Mm -hmm. They killed off all the buffalo so that these Indians or Native Americans, the indigenous people, would have no choice but depend on to the government. Why would we ever trust them to do anything or give us anything that is worthwhile having. The Tuskegee experiment just isn't enough to prove to people uh, that it's that they are not for us. And again, I'm not talking about my brothers and sisters of fair skin that we call them white, but they are brothers and our sisters. They love us and they're with us and, it's, and it really is Black Lives Matter. I'm talking about the old systematic white folks. Who Jim think Crow they're supremacist? <laughs> yeah, the and the Crow. and the what? The Jim Crow. You know the Jim I mean? Crow the Jim whites. Crow. Yeah, they those folks. That. They still got that. They still wear that heavily in their heart, man. We see it with Donald Trump, and they actually ready to let this guy run again. I'm like, wow. Someone you know, will kill him. I can't believe this is going on. I mean, I, can't I believe someone will kill him. It's it's it's, 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 it's something. That's why our people have to wake up, and we have to. We, they looking at us like, why are they not together? Every sign for us to come together has been there for us. Donald Trump exposed everything. Uh, everything is on Google. I mean, like, come on, everything is out there. There's nothing hidden no more. And the whole yeah, rest of the world is looking at black people in America like, what the fudge are you going to do? Yeah. Like, what the fudge are you doing? Yeah, yeah, man. We're going in the opposite direction. You know what I mean? So... We got to just stand up, man, and keep keep doing, being optimistic, you know what I mean? Me being, my optimistic definition is, you know, always believing that good will triumph over evil. Yes. You know what I mean? That's why when I said enjoying the good and forbidding the evil, I'm a Muslim by faith. But you can't put no title on that. You can't say I'm a Christian, I'm white, I'm black. Nah, we, it's a mission. 
the mission is, man, we need to bring this good spirit out here, man, and do good things that we know to, to do and get rid of the evil stuff that's that's causing division, being divisive or racist and all that other stuff that we learned. We didn't learn that stuff at home. Our parents never taught us. I learned that out there somewhere, racism and all. And I still have never embraced it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Man, I ain't got that racist bone in my bone. You know what I mean? I understand what's going on, but... You know, we're we're to a point now. I'm 49 years old. I can't be blaming or looking back on what's happened back east. We gotta move forward and get our people in line so we can move forward and grow. It's so it's a lot of good folks out here, man. We gotta take advantage, man. If not, man, we're gonna be squandering. And, and, yeah. and you know, so far, it's man like, will destroy himself exactly. for lack of knowledge. Yes. And I I want to piggyback if I can or dovetail off of that and say when it comes to racist, I don't believe that I'm a racist. I don't think that I. I am. I, I'll embrace anybody that embraces me. Like, mm -hmm. I love you if you love me. Mm -hmm. Genuinely and sincerely. But I do feel a certain level of anger mm -hmm. that I think it came from the redlining. I think that really bothers me a lot because I see redlining as one of the, I mean, it goes so far, where do you really begin? But to me, that's the beginning point of why our young people are killing each other today. You know, you've got certain folks over on that side of the train tracks and others on this side. And the people who live on one side of the train tracks, well, they get carrots and peanut butter and uh, nutritious meals and they have have color TVs and uh, nice cars and pretty fancy big houses and then you've got another group of people over here on the side of tracks where I'm at mm -hmm. and we, we don't have the we're not afforded all of those things we don't have the best teachers at the best schools and they took away the right for us to have an all-black school you know and when people tried to do that they were cut down just like brother Umar Johnson which I pray he will be successful but you know dr. Jack Perry he had a, a all-black male school a prestige Academy mm -hmm. they shut him down mm -hmm. told lies about him and said he stole money so Whenever we have leadership that's going to do something great, they shut it down. But I really think that the redlining is what caused our people, our children, after generations of that, living on this side of the track, they're, they're just sick and tired of that. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of, I mean, if you don't have nutritious meals, instead you're eating, you know, candy and gum in the morning for breakfast before you get on the school bus, while another kid had nice carrots and mm -hmm. peanut butter and a nice salad, chicken yeah. salad, you know. Well, yeah, you're going to get a different performance in your education. You're going to learn differently on peanut butter and carrots than you are on bubble gum and sugary candies. Yeah. Different level of, of concentration and ability to focus and absorb the information that the teacher is giving you. And having been a substitute teacher... For 12 years in five or six different schools, I can say this with absolute knowledge. Yeah. I can say it with absolute yeah. knowledge. Yeah. 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 And experience. And experience. Right. You know I mean? And so redlining makes me feel very angry at the people who created redlining. Those white people, I don't like them. Yeah. Yeah. Their agendas are wicked. You know what I mean? And as long as we know what's going on, man, I think we got to... We got a nice head start on things. They they got forty year plan. You see what they're going to do to Wilmington? They're building. That was a forty year plan. Southbridge, Riverside. You know what I mean? They trying to push us out. You know what I mean? But 
We gotta stand united and come together, man. We're not asking for everything in the world. We don't want that stuff that they that, that helps them get along. You know what I mean? We want each other. You know what I mean? That's what builds us up. You know what I mean? Then comes the wealth and everything else. It's gonna come to us, but we gotta get our, our yards right first. We gotta keep things well kept. We gotta and, do this, yeah, brother. Yeah, we gotta in. lock yeah, in. We gotta, we lock, gotta in. lock in arms yeah. and each one on these on the yeah. side and yeah. stand together. Don't let nothing in. And let, let nothing, nothing in. in. Don't let anything in. And you know, I want to say this too as we prepare for the close of our show. Um, I do a show on Fridays. It's called Eastside Pride. It was an idea that Harmon Carey had uh, to show young people here on the East Side, which is known as a hot spot, mm -hmm. uh, but to show young people here on the East Side that they have a lot of reason to be proud. And, and take pride in where they live and who they are because the east side is so full and rich yes. with history. Yes. This is one of the most prominent places for black people in Wilmington mm -hmm. uh, at, at one point in time. Which is why I love the fact that the school is going to be pretty much, that's not so far from the east side. Yeah, yeah, right across um, the yeah. So I, I guess I would say if indeed they're trying to push folks out of neighborhoods and things like that, the East Side is known by on the record as historical, and you can't destroy it, you can't tear stuff down, you're not allowed to build a sidewalk without getting zoning permissions to do that. Do you think that we here on the East Side would be able to stand our ground as a black community? I do. As long as, as, long as the brothers and sisters understand, these, a lot of them don't understand that stuff, don't even know about the rich history of the East Side. They're just here. You see a lot of these guys out here, they hanging out and you know, wasting time, you know what I mean, as opposed to really understanding what, what needs to be built upon. You can build on this east side stuff. It's a heck of a legacy. Um, my mom been living over here almost 40 years now. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm from the, we from the north side. We from over across the bridge where the school's at. We're more, we're, uh, you know, Dr. Um, Umar. Umar. Yeah, I'm from over that side of town. But my mom moved over here 30 some odd years ago and I, and I started going to school over here. With a lot of these guys, so they know me, you know what I mean, real well over here. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I'm all in with whatever is going to, you know what I mean, bring about. And then, you know, we got Sister Evolve, she opened up, um, you know, her store down there, Jerry Dean's, you know what I mean, um, and that's good stuff, like, and that's the stuff we got to encourage and support, you know what I mean, each other, you know what I mean, we need some gardens around here. We got to beautify this city, man. You know, I, I like what Brother KO's doing right here, you know, with his paintings and stuff. He's the older K.O. He's like, yes. you call you K.O.? I was like, yeah. I never told him why he called me K.O. He was like, okay, I'm, I'm old here, K.O. He's the young K.O. I'm like, yeah, I know him as yeah. the artist. Yeah. I love the artist. Yeah. I'm going to get him here on one yeah. on one of the shows. And and maybe your mom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that'd be awesome. But yeah. yeah. So, man, yeah. We, we, you know, we just got some work to do. It's not a lot of work either. It's not a lot of work. I, I feel as though we're almost there. We're right there. At the cusp of things, I like what Rich Raw's doing. He's doing some yeah. great things, you know what I mean, and does it, you know, me around, um, you know, the community and stuff he's doing with, the, with that flag. And, yeah, you know I mean, it's important, you know, that we, hey man, we get behind each other and push. You got Gundy, we got the comedy lounge for us, for our people, you know what I mean. We got stuff, but we got to understand that these things got to work together cohesively in order for it to work. They're 
they sticking together. You see all the moves they making. The Puccini brothers, they building. When they say they're going to do something, they following through, even with the Arabs. And and what's the other one? Is it Pel Pelagro? Uh, um, Pelagrin? Well, who is the yeah. builder over here with the big... Petnero. Petnero. Yeah, they, oh, yeah, honey. Yeah. Petnero. Yeah, they building. They making money at the riverfront. They've got a whole contract. Uh, I don't know if it's true. There are rumors that... Um, I don't know, again, if this is true, okay? But the rumor was that there was a small physical altercation between an advocate and uh, Mayor Michael Przicki when Michael Przicki allegedly told this advocate that he was not going to invest money in the small black communities until after he completed the riverfront building because the riverfront building was going to make money. I don't know if that's the truth, and I, I, I really have a lot of different thoughts on that. First of all, an altercation, a physical altercation with the mayor of the city uh, probably isn't going to go very well. <laughs> that's probably not going to work out very well, so I probably would refrain from that part. However, I mean, do you think, I mean, if that's true, I, I don't even know what to think about that. Yeah, it's not even working for me. I look at it like this. We just got to. I mean, once we leave the politicians where they at, because they're in position, they're good. They don't have no complaints, no issues that we have. Let them be them. Let them do what they do, whatever. You know what I mean? As long as they don't get in our they can't get in our way. You know what I mean? We in our own way. You know what I mean? We got to get out of our own way because they're going to come. Once they see us come together, they're going to come. They're going to be like, hey, can we help? Can we, you know what I mean? That'd be that. But as far as us going to them, expecting them to do this, it ain't happened in 40 or 50 years. They're not interested in that. They're interested in infrastructure, building their buildings. And making money. And making it's sure always making yeah, money. Making sure, making sure what they're doing is making sure their people, their children are good. Their posterity has now. a legacy. Yeah. That's right. You said yeah. this was yeah. the legacy yeah. time. Yeah. You know, I watched a movie. It's an old movie with Kevin Costner and James Earl Jones did this movie once. And the only part of the movie that I remember was when James Earl Jones told Kevin Costner, build it and they will come. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, build it and they will come. Mm -hmm. And uh, it usually takes that. For us, for other people to see that you're really serious about building this this house, mm -hmm. right? And then they'll come over and, and offer you a hand or, you know, can you want me to lay that brick for you or, yeah. <laughs> or whatever, we you know. We're, we're, we're far behind handouts, so we just, you know, we're open to a handout, you know what I mean? But a handout is not, not what we're looking for. We're strong enough as, as a people to understand that we can get our own. We can do what we need to do. We just got to put the egos and... We can't waste no more time. We don't have 10 years, you know what I mean, to, to do this. We need to get on top of these things now. And it's, work, it's a work in progress as we speak. Things are coming along, but I like to see it rapidly myself. That's what yeah. I want it rapidly to happen. You know what I mean? Hey, man, right. we, we having a meeting at such and such, you know what I mean? I mean, the big school and the gymnasium, 100 and 200 brothers and sisters, man. And this is what we're doing. We come out there with a plan. You know what yeah. I mean? That's the thing. Or why? You know what I mean? Or why? What's the plan? That, that, Brother Umar used to say that all the time. The brother that passed away. Rest in peace. Him and him and brother, my brother uh, Debro. You know what I mean? Oh, Debro Muhammad. Yeah, I love him. You know what yeah. I mean? We got to keep these brothers. This is what these brothers were fighting for. All these oh, years. honey. You brother Debro Muhammad was a serious yeah. soldier. He would walk into, I'll never forget, we walked into Legislative Hall. He's never been there before. And so I took him with me. We went to Dover Legislative Hall. Once he, he was quiet the whole time. 
mm-hmm. went to you know he figured out his way and who was doing what and then he lit the house on fire <laughs> with his commentary so you know he's he actually is one of the brothers that really pulled me and him Dubart McGriff and mm-hmm. uh, a young lady named Sandra Joy mm-hmm. these are the people who brought me into advocacy when I first started about four years mm-hmm. ago I was around yeah yeah, yeah I remember he was, was on the King Monty show I was there when it all started then we yeah. had our you know that's where we have in my mother's party tonight over there where Dubois where we had our meeting at over at the Youth Empowerment Program okay on Sycamore Street right off of Maryland Avenue 6 o'clock if you can show up I most right. certainly am going to do my there. best yeah. and I'm going to have me some Kool-Aid yeah. today yeah oh yeah <laughs> But one thing I want to say as as we definitely now it it is time for us to close out. Our hour has come to a close for this particular show. And you have been listening to Rochelle Wilson, Make Some Intelligent Noise, Multimedia Justice Movement here at WHGE 95.3. My very special guest, advocate, comrade, and friend, Mr. K.O. Bartley, which is now named Okay Bartley. (laughs) And if you want to reach him, if you want to volunteer to help him with the youth, if you are an advocate, yourself and you want to join forces. Uh, we all know Daryl Wolfie Chambers, uh, CIT, Community Intervention Team. team. Uh, reach out. Be a part of the solution. It's time to stop just talking at the table. Let's get up and make some moves intelligently. Let's make it happen. That's right. That's where I'm at with it. And you think I'm BSing you? I promise you I'm not. I will be announcing the day before I do it, and it's only going to be the day before, so get ready now if you're going to join me in protestation of the mistreatment of our incarcerated loved ones. I am going to James T. Vaughn Correctional Center with my little picket sign saying no more uh, inhumane treatment. And if you would like to join me, I will give you that announcement the day before I go. This doesn't give anyone an opportunity to get ready for me and uh, kind of ensures that I won't have some accident on the road, (laughs) some accidental accident on the road and never make it to James T. Vaughn Correctional Center. So to avoid that, I will announce it the day before I go, and I pray that you will join me. If you have a family or loved one who is at James T. Vaughn or any of the prisons in the state of Delaware, uh, you know, they, they have to be treated like human beings. They cannot, they should not, it is against the law to put their knee in a prisoner's neck. That's against the law. All right? So that's that's my two cents in that cookie jar. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Like I said, I'm ready. Just let me know. I'm ready. You know what I mean? We're going down. We're going down. K.O., uh, close us out with a, a final statement before I, I turn the show back over. Yeah, I want to um, I want to introduce, um, I have an organization that I started, my own organization as well. It's called Heads Up in the 302. Actually been my baby since incarceration, so I finally got it up and running. I had it grassroots for so long. When you seen Mr. Rashida and all those ladies, young ladies, they was, they was my my strength, you know what I mean, so to speak. But uh, Heads Up is Healthy, Encouraging Attitudes, Design Solutions. And the up is uniting the people in Delaware. So. And say it again. Yeah. Say it again. It's up. H is for healthy. The E is for encouraging. The A is for attitudes. The D is for desiring. And the S is for solutions. 
So healthy, encouraging attitudes, desiring solutions. And the UP is for uniting the people of Delaware. And, um, yeah, so that's something that, that you know, the, um, my union will go under that umbrella of okay. heads up. So, yeah, the Returning so, Citizens yeah, Union. Yeah, it'll be under that. What's your website or? Um, I haven't set up the head. I got a heads up website. It's just, well, it's not a website. It's on um, Facebook. Heads up, quality of life. Miss Deborah's still holding that down. Deborah Jackson. Y'all can look that up. Heads up in the 302, quality of life. Um, and also, don't forget, my number is 302-377-5494. If you guys want to reach out, feel free to reach out to me. And let's get, you know, let's build this thing out. And I'm recruiting for the uh, for the union, which is, uh, you know, the, um, I, I didn't forgot to read the, 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 got a got a brain for it. I'm, I'm get it in a <laughs> Returning Citizens yeah, Union. Yeah, yeah, it's, called, it's, <laughs> it's called the Home Teamsters. Okay. Returning Citizens Union. So, okay. Yeah, so the Home Teamsters. It's like the different unions that use the Teamsters, and we're using the Home Teamsters because it's the home state of Delaware. Yes. And, and the mission is to stay home. We Come home, stay at home. Yes. You know what I mean? And, because know, it's the prison's mission. They'll see you. Recidivism. I'll see you when you get yeah, back. Yeah. Recidivism. Yeah. That's what we're they're breaking, looking for. Breaking that. Keep the money flowing. Keep the money flowing. So we thank you so much for tuning in, for being a part of this radio station here on the east side. Uh, no matter how many other radio stations, black owned and black operated, pop up ever, ever, ever in the state of Delaware. WHGE 95.3 will historically be the first. Thanks to Harmon Carey. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. We love you. God loves you. And so do I. Until our next meeting, peace and grace. Peace. Yeah. That's your phone. Mm -hmm.